This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Elio's original. There's a preventative measure to this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. If you're an Asian and have a younger sibling and you right. want them to kill your boyfriend, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Welcome to The Margaret Show, where we talk to people you know and people you should know. It's Mortal Minority Month, and today we're talking with Alec Mappa about... The Suhs, Carolyn Suh and Andrew Suh. I can't believe that you haven't been over here at some point. But I never leave the house. Well, I mean, I always see you, like, if I see you, it's usually in the West Hollywoods. Mm-hmm. And it's usually something industry-related. Comedy-wise. Like, yeah, comedy-wise. We're performing for a benefit right. of some kind, or something. I'm giving you an award. Yes. There was a time at, like, the early, late 90s, like, 99 <laughs> or 2000, where I was, like, giving you an award at something, like, every year. Every year. Like, every six months. Yeah. Um, I love, which I love. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, <laughs> Who doesn't love I it? I love it. And I love your comedy. Thank you. And I, um, even though we are about the same age, when I look at you, I'm older. I think, well, I think of you as like my child. Like Mm. you're sort of like, oh, uh, you're you're sort of the generation uh, younger than me in comedy Mm -hmm. because for some reason I think I maybe I probably started before you. Mm -hmm. You started before me, and I never really pursued it in interest Mm -hmm. because I didn't have the passion that you did. Like this is who I am, and this is what I want to do. I was always an actor first, right? And then comedy became my way of like, okay, how can I keep the party going in between jobs, right? Yeah, and then there, well, like I came to I worked nonstop when I started out in New York, and I came to LA, and I didn't work for three years Mm -hmm. because they didn't know what to do with me, right? And I really thought that. I was on the career trajectory of everybody else. That yes. You come to LA with a big Broadway show and of then uh, you get a television series and it didn't work out that way. What show did you <clears> come <throat> here with? A butterfly. Oh, yeah. that's right. I did the national oh tour. Oh my God, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Okay, Gosh. I had to study BD on Broadway and then okay. I came out here and then, that's where, and then I yeah. never worked. And then I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And so I get, doing my solo shows and my stand-up, but that was always, it was never my, it was always a means to an end. It was never like... You know. It's so funny because now I I can't s- see you as Puyi. Hmm. You know, it's funny because it's like I think of you so much as a comedian, right? Right. That I could never associate you with because Puyi's character is so Puyi. Mean um, Sung Li Ling, the um, M Butterfly yes. character. Yeah, yeah. It's so 
quiet mm-hmm. and demure, but it's quiet power. Yeah. But yeah. it's also it's Asian women power. It's I mean, Asian we yeah, women power. M- m- like I'm Filipino, so uh, our version of that is we used to say you have to geisha things up. You have to yeah. if you want a man to do something for you, you have to make it seem like it's his idea. Right. And it, there's so many times in my life that I've done that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I did start out as like a classically trained actor, and mm-hmm. you know, I really took myself seriously. And, Where did you go to school? Uh, NYU. Okay. Yeah, I was in class with Molly Shannon and Adam Sandler mm-hmm. and Kristen Johnston, that whole tribe yeah, yeah, of like, yeah. we were all misfit toys. I mean, nobody knew what to do with us. Right. Yeah. And then you um, you got in the show and you were doing, you were acting on Broadway. Mm-hmm. What other shows did you do there? Um, I was on a soap called Another World. Oh, I love it. I was. Did you I learn was, a lot of lines every day? I learned a lot of lines every day. And um, I, I was my very first television job. I didn't know that it was somebody's job to come get me. I was in the theater, so I was like on the fourth floor dressing room, mm-hmm. and I kept on going down to the stage every five minutes, going, "I'm up there." I'm up. I'm, and they would like finally after the fourth time, they were like, "We will come get you." <laughs> and then on my very first day on the job, uh, they did the camera block, and they said, "I said, when do we rehearse?" They goes, "That was the rehearsal." And oh. I was like, "Whoa!" And then you just went on, and yeah. then so do they use a teleprompter ever? No, no, you just learn the lines. No, you just learn the lines, and you just do it fast, and you run it with people. You know, I've learned like as I've done soap since then, mm-hmm. and it's like you're running lines with people right before you shoot, like over and yeah. over and over again. That's and great. Pe- people hide scripts all around the. Um, but it's kind set of like a multicam, and, so it's sort yes. of like you're on um, camera all the time. It's right. not like they cut in between. No, no. people in soaps work really, really hard. I it's, have a it's lot an incredible. Of, yeah. I mean. Yeah, when I see that, like, that's definitely, I mean, another level of, like, showbiz, like, Mm -hmm. where it's really intense. Mm -hmm. That and, like, um, QVC, I have a lot of respect for. Do you have product? Do you have merch? I don't have any merch, but um, on QVC, they're on all the time. All the time. And it's like, they just have to keep on The level of energy and Mm -hmm. being on. Incredible. And what's required of you and to keep the viewer engaged. I mean, that's why Joan was so good at it. So good. Because her energy never lagged. No. And it was just like, she was constantly engaged with people Mm -hmm. and they were talking on the phone and- You could sell stuff. Yeah, yeah. You could goop it up. You could sell like (laughs) crystals and stuff. I would uh, do, um, I would stay on brand and probably do like a QVC like sex toy range. Ooh. That would be great. Do they have sex toys on QVC? No, but they should. They should. That would be a great like a late night thing where you could turn on like and I could talk Mm. to QVC um, After Dark with Margaret Cho. After Dark and then we could talk about lube Mm -hmm. and we could talk about different um, sex toys. That would be very on brand. Yeah. Yeah. I I just hosted um, the Gay Porn Awards in Vegas. Oh yeah. Two weekends ago. Wow. So much fun. Um, I I mean talk about people who branded and like you know there's so much merch associated with the um, actors. There's a lot of animosity towards um, which porn star is it Michael Lucas uh huh what what is that <laughs> I don't know uh, Michael's like his own island he's like he came to this country with um, this is the story he told me or yes. this is the story I've heard I mean they're kind of merging it's becoming right. apocryphal at this point um, Michael came to uh, America with no money hooked mm-hmm. up with this guy who did have money and started this whole empire mm-hmm. have you ever met him yeah yeah. I met him. I did the Gay Porn Awards yeah. in like uh, 2011. He's or like something. Count Dracula. Like I yeah. met him on a gay cruise and I was the only person who wasn't like, I didn't want anything from him because mm-hmm. I have no horse in that race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like nothing. So he was very charmed by the fact that I was a gay guy who didn't want anything. And he goes, come to see me in New York. Come to my apartment. And, blah, mm-hmm. blah. and so uh, I went to his apartment in New York. He had this like townhouse in Chelsea and mm-hmm. it 
it was so cool and we've kind of kept in touch. I don't know why people hate him. I think it's I'd know more weird. if I were a porn star or if I was well, doing adult film. When I was there, when I was at the K Porn Awards, people booed him. When I, I and that was like a weirdest. <gasps> oh, thing. remember I remember I was he was booed at one thing where they gave a they gave an award to best newcomer or something and he was like you want to teach younger men save sex and you gave the newcomer uh, an award for doing a bareback film mm-hmm. this was a while back mm-hmm. um, uh, I think before prep yeah it was pre-prep that's how old I am and I think the audience booed them for that because it was like a finger wag at the industry or something oh I yeah, see yeah interesting yeah um, so I ragged on them for not having any Asian nominees yeah that's Ever. weird yeah yeah that's so weird yeah so I, I, mean, I, I acted out some porn scenarios with, <laughs> with the porn stars on stage who are the Asian porn stars with Asa Kira mm-hmm. uh Oh, Tara Patrick, the most famous. Tara Patrick. She's the most famous uh, porn Asian star. porn star? And Asian porn star. Is wow. Asia Carrera. Wow. Also very famous. And uh, Kobe Tai. Wow. Who is uh, very famous. I don't know any of the men. They're, yeah, see? Who are There's the guys? Like, yeah, who are the guys? There's, they're they're there. there. They're part of the porn search. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I just don't really know very many male porn stars yeah. in general. Like, I do. Yep. The gay ones. The gay ones. Yeah. All I know is Joey Stefano, but he died. He died. A lot of them died. Like there's an in memoriam at the top of the show at, at mm. on, on all the porn award show. And every year it's like, oh, a bunch of methy guys passed oh, away last yeah, year. Yeah, that's too bad. That's really too bad. It is really sad. But it is um, it is a fun thing. I like the AVNs too in January mm-hmm. where they do the big mm-hmm. porn awards and then everybody goes. The girls so kind of scare me a little bit. Well, it is. It is. Yeah. It's all kind of scary. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, there is kind of like, like a chilly whiff of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, who's that? There was a porn star who said not every woman with a fucked up childhood becomes a porn star, but every mm-hmm. por- porn star who's a woman had a fucked up childhood. Right. And um, right. I met this one girl porn star last year and she talked to that baby voice, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like this. Uh-huh. And I, w- you know, one time we finally had a moment alone backstage and I was like, you don't have to do that with, you know, why are you? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, I keep forgetting, you know, this is how I get what I need. Aww. And then I saw her again this year and she's now in a relationship and she's she's transitioning out of the business into merch that's and good. more things like that. And she wasn't talking like that anymore. Oh, that's good. It was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of respect for the women who uh, are in porn and then they decide to produce and, you know, Me too, have because merch that's the only way you'll and, have money. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great yeah. thing. You know, I think it's really enterprising and it's really, it's inspiring to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, like T.S. Madison. Mm-hmm. Have you met her? Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. she's amazing. She was like a, a trans sex worker. And oh, um, I know her. Yeah. 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 She's, she's great. like, how do I get out of here? How do I get off the street? And it's she great. launched. The f- one of the first uh, online platforms for trans porn starring That's her. That's good. That's she good. She was known as BigDickBitch.com. Yeah, yeah. And she built this internet empire. That's now, wonderful. Yeah, that That's has what, this that... huge house in Atlanta. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Well, now, the, the case that I picked for you, oh, this is a mo- Mortal Minorities episode where oh. I speak to uh, my Asian American friends about... Who've murdered people. <laughs> the killers. Mm-hmm. The, it's uh, about Asian Americans and crime. And uh, sometimes they're not Asian Americans. Sometimes they're just Asians. But uh, it's called Mortal Minorities. And we talk about the mortal minority or the model minority as a mortal minority. Okay. So this case I uh, thought was interesting because it is the House of the Suz. And this is a documentary that I uh, watched. S-U-H? S-U-H. Yeah, we all went to school with a suh. With a suh. Yeah. Which is a very, it's a very Korean, suh. Korean, 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 it's very suh. I went to name. school with a lot of suhs and a lot of suhus in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Uh, Judy Suhu. Oh, that, 
Yeah. That I think I know Judy yeah. Suhu. So the says this happened in 1993 mm-hmm. in Chicago. Lots of Koreans in Chicago. Okay. I did and, not know that. Yeah. There's okay. um. They always have like a bunch of restaurants. I always know. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bunch of Korean Yeah, that's how I found Koreatown in Manhattan. It's mm-hmm. that, that, what's that, 32nd Street? 32nd, yeah. Um, between 32nd, yeah. 33rd, and like Korean fried around chicken. 5th. Love it. Oh, Kyocheon. Yeah, so it's good. so good. So good. Okay. Um, in Chicago. So the Sa family, they moved from South Korea to Chicago in 1976, mm. and it was a brother and a sister. The brother is Andrew, and the sister's name is Sa. Uh, the sister's name is Catherine Sa. So Andrew Sa and Catherine Sa. And um, so the father died in 1985, and then the mother died. She was murdered two years later, but the case was unsolved. Oh, dear. Do you have any... Uh, Things like that in your uh, family? Murders? Somebody got murdered? Or yeah, well, my community? parents grew up during the war, so mm-hmm. my oh, grandfather yes. was a judge mm. who was a very strict judge, and when the Japanese, you know, liberated the Philippines from the U.S., they mm-hmm. all the prisoners were set free, and one of them that was set free was one my grandfather had put away and murdered my grandfather. Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. Murder. How? What happened? Um, uh, the, he uh, was, well, he sent his family to Manila because they were on an outlying island called Iloilo. Uh-huh. And while he was in Manila, this is like when it gets really ghosty and spooky. My uh, my dad says my grandma was at the dinner table laughing with everybody and they were all laughing. And all of a sudden she slammed her hands down on the table and started crying because she mm. knew something was wrong. He had been dragged from his house in the middle of the night and tied to a tree. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the people said, sliced him open. <gasps> And left him there oh. to bleed. And they, they told all the people in the town, if you come liberate him at all, if you help him at all, we will kill you. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Horrible. Horrible. Oh. So that was like so much a part of like me growing up, like that, right. that horrible, awful story. Yeah. And then kind of going to, we went to the Philippines as older kids and saw the town and saw that it was real and mm-hmm. knew the people knew who Judge Mappa was. And right. And was like, yeah, there's streets named after him. It's really bizarre. Wow. Yeah. So Murder. But One the generation dar- away. Yeah, the darkness of that. Usually, yeah. like, because all, all of our families, like, grew up with war, but they don't talk about it at all. Yeah. They just act like it didn't happen because... That's kind of very Asian. Yeah. Very stoic Too way. traumatic. Yeah, they didn't dwell on it. But, you know, looking back on it now as an adult, as somebody my age, I grew up with... I was raised by people who are very traumatized. Yeah, that is traumatic. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, it's and really violent. Yeah. You know, they say that the trauma is passed through you I agree, or yeah. whatever chemicals that are going through your brain or pass through you, all of my siblings and I are, are all chemically depressed. We all mm. have like stuff to deal with and anxiety issues right. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I have a lot of um, depression in my family. Mm-hmm. We're sort of like the quiet sufferers where every every couple of years, somebody will jump out a window. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but they never get pick a high enough floor, so they always just break a leg. <laughs> yeah. They're so just kind of half heartedly. They're kind of scared. They just kind of want the suffering to end to a certain degree, right. but don't want to end it completely. Right. Yeah. No, with me, it was kind of like there was a certain amount of despair that I was used to grow used to growing up and in my 20s and my 30s, my even up to my 40s, that I was like, there's going to be one portion of the year where I'm going to be irretrievably sad mm-hmm. and then i realized i don't want to do that anymore yeah. what can i do about this and now i'm on meds and good. i have a floor to yeah. my despair yeah oh, that's good yeah that's good i mean it's good to find those solutions mm-hmm. well the um, the mother was murdered the mother was murdered in the sub family after their mother's murder Catherine, who was a little bit older than the brother mm-hmm. um she became his guardian and um he was 13 she was 18 and she was dating a man named Robert O. Dubain. 
uh, who moved into their family home. Uh, talk about a soap opera name. Yeah. Robert O'Dubane. So Catherine and O'Dubane blew through the insurance money. Okay. Um, buying a nightclub and fancy cars. That doesn't um, seem shady at all. <laughs> yeah. But the whole time, um, the son, her brother, was a good student. He was uh, getting good grades and he was elected student body president. Mm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And in the summer of 1993, while Andrew was away in college, Catherine started telling him that O'Dubain was slapping her around oh. and she needed to get rid of him. Okay. And then Catherine told Andrew that O'Dubain was the m- man who murdered the mother. Okay. And um, he was unemployed in debt and uh, she uh, was coerced into de- like kind of accepting the fact that he was going to kill her okay. because they could get the money. Um, and so Andrew was very upset and he viewed his sister as a victim, not a perpetrator, not a perpetrator. Okay. So after Andrew returned from college, Catherine called uh, him over and over and over saying he had to kill O'Dubane for the sake of their family and for their dead mother. Oh. She just kept on, uh, on it. And then, um, so wa- finally Andrew flew in from college on September 25th, 1993. Catherine dropped him off at their apartment where she was living with O'Dubane and uh, where there was a paper gu- bag with a gun inside and a one-way ticket back to college and with the instructions, do this for mom. So Andrew waited for O'Dubain in the garage and shot and killed him when he arrived. So Andrew and Catherine were both arrested within six weeks of the murder. Uh-huh. Uh, Catherine uh, posted bail and apparently tried to reinvent herself. She moved to a, a posh side of town uh-huh. and became a, a, introduced herself under a new name. Wait, she, there was no <laughs> charges pressed against her at all? She didn't, I guess, or was she just an accessory to all of this? I guess because she was just the accessory or something. Yeah. I guess they didn't the know. The legalese for that is that she just asked them to do it, but she didn't actually do it. Right. Okay. Um, but a few days before her trial, Catherine skipped town, setting off a media frenzy, which led to her appearance on America's Most Wanted. Okay. Um, and in her 1995 trial, she was convicted in absentia, which, Turned out she had moved to Hawaii, which you should do if you're Asian American. Yeah, and, and you want to blend crime, in and disappear. Just go to Hawaii. You're gonna go to Hawaii. Just go to Hawaii. They'll never find you. And it's like we we'll just blend in. Yeah. And you know her. Her. She changed her name to Tiffany Escada, which I buy. Uh huh. I totally buy yeah, that. You could be a Tiffany Escada in, in <laughs> Hawaii. In Hawaii, of Tiffany, course. Tiffany Escada working at the Hertz Rent a Car at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Um. So she turned herself into police in 1996 and began serving her life sentence. Andrew, meanwhile, was convicted of the murder. He was sentenced to 100 years, <gasps> later reduced to 80. At his sentencing, he, the judge told Andrew, I truly believe if you hadn't had a sister like Catherine Sa, you would not be here today. Huh. And um, Andrew's a model prisoner. He's still seeking clemency. He was. He says he was brainwashed by his sister. And he and his sister are no longer on speaking terms. Well, I mean, Ooh. the thing about it is, I think he was brainwashed too. Because if he's 
you know, when you said child. when you said that he finally like got a a ticket home, yeah, it was like okay, yeah. Then that, that to me was like the red flag of like something's up. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you kind of just stop at being a rational person and go, no, I'm not going to kill your boyfriend. Yeah, you know, we're siblings and everything, but there are limits to like. You know, right. She got in his head. She got in his head. But, you know, like the thing about it is um, when um, I think with Asian, Asian American kids, like there really is a kind of coercive control you have over your younger siblings. True. I think. True. You know, I mean, that's certainly true in Filipino culture. Right. We're taught to respect our elders. I mean, it's all that that culture is all about that like you're supposed to call an older sister ate and an Mm -hmm. older brother kuya in deference when you're growing up we never did that because we're in san francisco we're like what yeah um but people your older siblings do get in your head like when i get together with my siblings in san francisco it's like we're all kids again Mm -hmm. the pecking order is the same the hierarchy is the same and i'm like i'm 55 years old Mm -hmm. don't tell me what to do Yeah. yeah i mean yeah there is that hierarchy and you do believe what your siblings tell you yes they kind of create your reality they create your world yes in a lot of ways so this story was interesting to me also because and also um, there's these are the set of siblings they just don't they don't have anybody else but each other right it's right. just them and and also you know if the dad's dead and the mom's dead it's just they have each other only yes. so there's a lot going on um he is hot i've seen is he? i watched a video um a movie on this and my God, he's so sexy. Really? Like, he's just really beautiful, yeah. strong, um, very, like, taekwondo face. You oh, know when they yeah. have, like, a chiseled jaw? I love that. And he's, like, a shaved head. Yeah. And just, like, a beautiful... Korean man with a sha- uh, with oh, a, that jawline and gorgeous. everything. Yeah, just yeah, absolutely just beautiful. Just a real oppa. Yeah. Like, such yeah. a sexy oppa. Nice. And, um, you know, he's in prison. And the thing about this case was it was in the 90s. And, and I remember there was actually a movie about it. A, they made a TV movie about it. Huh. But they didn't have it. They weren't Korean in the movie. And it was. Um, Why not? I don't know. But who played? It was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not the not Sarah Michelle Gellar, but the movie. Christy Swanson. Yeah, it was Christy Swanson. Playing a Korean lady. Yeah. Who brainwashes her, <laughs> son, her, her, her brother. Her brother. It was like Christy Swanson and like. Seth Green or something. I don't, I don't right. think it was Seth Green, but All it was right. somebody like something like that. Something like that. So, but it was the same story. It was the same story, and it was basically this. Then it was their story, but it was instead. Did you they, watch it? I didn't watch it, uh, but I saw clips of it in the documentary. It'd be interesting to see like how that was explained from that point of view. Well, like, they just never. They just turned them white. They never okay. uh, explained anything. But I thought that was really yeah. terrible. Like how yeah. great would that have been? A great, a, really miss big missing piece from like. Remember when they had that whole movie about the kids who were doing the ca- card counting? Right, yeah. In Vegas. They were yeah. originally Asian kids from right. MIT. Right. And they're all white in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, it, it, it is, it's it's an embarrassing whitewashing, which has happened so much and I think doesn't happen anymore because now people get called out on it. I get, people get called, it's easier to get called out on it. Yeah. Now. Nowadays. Yeah. But um, but back then nobody cared. Nobody cared. But it was like you know this case to me is like it's it's very sad because it's like we do have I have a younger brother and we do have influence over right. over them and what's your influence over your younger brother? Um, well he uh, well he he's an actor also mm-hmm. so that that I think my being in show business gave him really sort of like the freedom inside in his heart right. that this was going to be an this acceptable is what's possible thing. yeah yeah so there's a lot of things that um, I think help him in that way and then I, I also helped him like when he was I went I sent him to school in 
England to wow. uh, to to go like to have a theater degree and uh-huh. stuff. So you know, there's a lot of stuff that I've gotten to do for him. But it's definitely like an influential thing because you you know if you're older, like you have that sort of place in the family. Sure, you know that responsibility. Yeah. But uh, this whole thing is like, it's so, it, yeah, it's really sad to me. And it's also very, it's very Korean. It feels very Korean. You think so? <laughs> I think so. Is there like a, is there like a Filipino kind of a crime that you think of? Like to me, like uh, well, boyfriend s- murder yeah. is very Korean. <laughs> yeah. Well, Filipinos are so clannish mm-hmm. and it's really about filial love i mean it's really about your family your family comes first and everything Mm -hmm. and that's part of been like a huge part of my therapy it's kind of differentiating myself from my family right because you grow up in this like this reality of who your family is and the culture of who your family is and you don't question it right and then when you're away from them as adults i mean you don't even have to be asian to understand this i'm but you you move away from your parents as adults and you create your own culture and you're going well i don't want to be a part of that anymore right you know? Right. Yeah. Now, We're really good at guilting each other. Well, I mean, the thing when you said about getting in each other's heads. Yeah. Like, my dad is the master of that. Mm. Of, like, the, um, he's like the dad in succession. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can say the worst cutting thing oh. at the worst possible time. And kind of, like, Hannibal lecture you. Kind of, like, get to the meat of things right away. Right. In a really kind of, like, like, that's how he controlled us as kids. And when he does it now, it's like, ugh. You see that in, um... You know, assassination of Gianni Versace with yeah. um, Brian John John uh, John John Brian, um, uh, the father of Andrew Cunanan, oh, the okay. actor who plays him. All right. But their relationship I is very much the last that. episodes. Yeah. It's um the the it, it's great because it does have that snapshot of the Filipino father. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is really it's un, it's something that we don't see enough. No. In in television, no. but it's very it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's it is coercive it's control. Pati- it's very particular that relationship, yeah. but it is about control. It is like yeah. very much like he his father sort of creates his world for him, mm-hmm. and then you can see how he's sort of gone along this path because of it. Yeah. Um, but but it's I, I always say like everything I am and everything I'm not is because of my dad. And how does that affect your fathering now? Um, well, you know, it's it's so funny because like when you become a parent, you you're operating out of your own deficits. I want to be the parent that my kid that I never got. Yeah. So it's kind of like I want to be the parent that my son could tell anything. You have two yeah. gay dads as parents. You can tell us everything. Mm-hmm. But now he's 15 years old and every 15 year old doesn't want to talk about drugs or sex with their parents right. nobody does it, right. it's kind of like we're still he's still a 15 year old he's, yeah. he still thinks we're lame he still thinks so he's surrounded by peers and counselors and and mentors he can talk to mm-hmm. you know um but yeah no it's different i i found myself i'm a different parent uh than my father was i apologize when i'm wrong That's dad good. never did that That's good. i'm vulnerable mm-hmm. around my kid i That's show him nice. my, i'm not i'm not showing him like i'm a perfect person yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that was my parents' generation. They kind of showed up as perfect people all the time. Right. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I think that's really important, like, when we can actually, like, oh, that's what I was feared being a parent because I don't want to put pass on um, my parents' parenting. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? It comes out in weird ways. Yeah. 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 But he's, yeah, your your son is beautiful. He is. He's so beautiful. Yeah, he is beautiful. And he must be tall now. He's tall. He's a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's about 5'10 now. That's yeah. so tall. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I have a big black man living in my house. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And it's like, um, you know, I think that's a really, I mean, it's an amazing thing when you can um, 
have a child that's bigger than you. That's a very scary thought to me too. Right, yeah. Like, that they would be taller and yeah. bigger mentally. Like, and rebellious. Rebellious. And, and no, it's like such, such it's, a weird age right now because... It's such a because, crazy, yeah, it's a crazy yeah, time. Yeah. But it's like kind of like... Do you think their brain uh, is more developed because they had all of this technology growing up no. that we didn't have? No. I think we grew up as a generation that got bored. Right. We got bored. And when you're, when you're bored, your imagination thrives. That's true. Then you become very resourceful. You find ways to entertain yourself. This is a generation that can be stimulated, has to be stimulated 24 hours a day. Mm. And has the means to do it, whether it's a YouTube video or a video game or a text Mm -hmm. or a social media app. Their brains are stimulated from the time they get up. I mean, he doesn't have his phone at school. Right. So he doesn't get his phone until two o'clock. But from two till the time he goes to sleep, he's either on the phone or he has his own television or the computer, Mm -hmm. you know. So we try to give him like like. A couple of us gay dads took our kids out to Joshua Tree over the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. And the kids were at the uh, motel room in Palm Springs going, ugh, I want to go to Joshua. <laughs> that sounds dumb. No, dads, we don't want to go. And then they went and it was the most beautiful day ever. Aww. And they were climbing on rocks and we were outside and it was the snow and it was so beautiful. And we were biting all our tongues going because all we wanted to say was, I told you so. So you guys are yeah. lame. Yeah. 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 I love it. But, you know, it's every generation's the same. Every, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that we were the teens at one point going, ugh. You yeah. can never understand. I'm so young. You know, I invented music, sex, and fucking, you know, and, <laughs> right. and fashion. You, right. you could never understand that. Now it's exactly the same thing. It's true. It's yeah. true. Well, um, thank you so much for being part of this episode. Also, thanks to Tracy, who did all the research for me for this case. Um, I also watched the documentary, but uh, she's the real hero. I, I'm going to Google this right this after. This is a really good. This Carolyn Sa, uh, and Andrew, Carolyn and Andrew Sa, the family what, what of What prison Sa. is he in? He, um, is it local? Can we visit? I, I think he's in Chicago. Oh, too far. Um, yeah, that's too far. Too but, far, too cold. Um, the, the documentary is called House of Sa, which is out there. I watched it on um, Asian Crush. If you have that streamer, um, because they have a lot of Asian movies. You're more Asian than me. I am pretty Asian. Yeah. I'm pretty Asian. You're out there seeking these kind of things. I'm (laughs) kind of like watching (laughs) wrestling. That's good. Holding laundry. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this case, I think uh, Tracy pulled the research from online. There's probably some articles, maybe Wikipedia. I think there's probably Wikipedia about it. Um, But uh, this is an interesting case. And. So great to discuss it with you. It's good discussing it with you. I feel like there's a preventative measure to this podcast as well. If mm-hmm. you're an Asian and has a younger sibling and you right. want them to kill your boyfriend, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just do it yourself. Do it if yourself. If you want to kill somebody, you should do it. Don't have your younger siblings do your dirty work. Don't have your, your younger siblings do it it's for you. It's not like doing the dishes or walking the dog. No, it's, it's a murder. It's, it's murder. Yeah. You should do it yourself. And um, so where can people find you on your, the socials when you're doing shows? At Alec Mappa on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alec. Thank you. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I don't know where to start. Erios. Powered by ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.